Welcome to Park Ave Baptist Church Podcast. A weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I'm Himra Chanel, pastor of community engagement and stewardship. And I'm Darcy Jarrett, pastor of worship, advocacy, and arts. Park Ave is a bold, inclusive, and creative community where everyone is welcome. We uplift voices and identities that are marginalized elsewhere. We affirm all ethnicities, racial identities, ages, socioeconomic groups, gender identities, and sexual orientations because we hold to a theology that refuses to other anyone. At Park Ave, our leadership model is non-hierarchical. And we practice an open pulpit where you will hear a multiplicity of theologically trained voices from different backgrounds and social locations. We don't just preach and talk about deconstructing systems and structures of power. We We practice practice it. Through this podcast, we hope you will be inspired, encouraged, and challenged. Listen Listen with with us now. Hear now a reading from the book of John, chapter 3, verses 1 through 21. There was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a Jewish leader. He came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, We know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could do these miraculous signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered, I assure you, unless someone is born anew, it is not possible to see God's kingdom. Nicodemus asked, how is it possible for an adult to be born? It's impossible to enter the mother's womb for a second time and be born, isn't it? Jesus answered, I assure you, Unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, it's not possible to enter God's kingdom. Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, and whatever is born of the Spirit is spirit. Don't be surprised that I said to you, you must be born anew. God's Spirit blows wherever it wishes. You hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from and where it's going. It's the same with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said, How are these things possible? Jesus answered, You are a teacher of Israel, and you don't know these things? I assure you that we speak about what we know and testify about what we've seen, but you don't receive our testimony. If I've told you about earthly things, and you don't believe them, how will you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has gone up to heaven except the human one. Just as Moses was lifted up, the snake in the wilderness, so must the human one be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him won't perish but have eternal life. God didn't send his son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him isn't judged, Whoever doesn't believe in him is already judged because they don't believe in the name of God's only son. This is the basis for judgment. The light came into the world and people love darkness more than the light for their actions are evil. All who do wicked things hate the light and don't come to the light for fear that their actions will be exposed. Whoever does the truth comes to the light so that it can be seen that their actions were done in God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning, Park Ave. 
Good to be in this place with you this morning. Let us pray before we go into the word this morning. God, we thank you for allowing us to be in this place. We ask that our words be not in vain, that you open our hearts and our minds so that we may hear something special from you. May you be lifted up this morning. In Jesus' name, we do pray. All of God's people say amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor it's time for a spiritual rebirth. Spiritual rebirth. He keeps thinking back to what Jesus said. It was late in the evening and his mind is trying to comprehend what he has seen. He just can't get Jesus off of his mind. The words that he spoke, the miracles that he performed, and he says to himself, this man must be from God. And as the evening comes to an end and he prepares for a night's rest, the only thing he had on his mind was Jesus. He couldn't sleep. He couldn't go to bed without speaking to him. A one-on-one -on -one conversation, a face-to-face, -face, a meeting of the minds. On one hand, a Pharisee who was the member of a Jewish ruling council, uh, a ruler of the Jews, a member of the great Sanhedrin, a senator, a counselor, a man of authority in Jerusalem. And on the other side, God's only beloved son, the wonderful counselor. But Nicodemus and all that he had ever heard, all that he had ever seen, and all that he had ever read, nothing was like this man Jesus. He thought to himself, I have to speak to him before he leaves. I need to know more about this salvation thing that he was talking about. Have you ever been like that? Have you ever laid down at night with something so heavy on your heart that you couldn't sleep? Maybe it was a conversation that you had early in the day, and that conversation has you worried or excited. Maybe it was something during the day that caught you off guard, and now you're, uh, your mind is running rampant with the possibilities of what comes next. And you say to yourself, I need to talk to God. I need to take this to Christ. You're sweating, you're tossing and turning, and finally you make up in your mind, let me get on my knees. I need to let God know that I'm serious this time, that I'm committed, that I need an answer, that I need some help sooner rather than later. So you retreat to your praying space. The old folks call it the upper room. Wherever that may be, it may be your closet or your bathroom or the front of your bed, but wherever it is, you know you need to spend some time with God because you need God to change something, to improve a situation, to make a way out of nowhere. You need answers, a heart-to-God meeting. Have you ever been there? I have. 
There have been nights where I, my eyes was closed, but my spirit was awake. Where I was snowing loudly, but my mind was running rampant. Have you ever been there, Parker? I, I have. And in our story this morning, a man named Nicodemus was there also. So much so that he had to get up, put on his sandals, and walk out alone in the middle of the night, thinking no one saw him. But can't we see him? He never met Jesus. He only saw him around the temple preaching and knocking over tables in chapter 2. He heard the stories, but he didn't know him personally. But even then, he knew where to find him. So in the middle of the night, he picked up his cell phone, found Jesus' number in the yellow pages, called him up and said, I know you don't know me, but I, I'm one of the teachers in the temple, and I need you to speak with me, and I need to come over. And as he covers his head and he walks through the streets unnoticed, taking the back alleyways so that no one sees him. Maybe he is ashamed to seek such counsel. Maybe it's for his own protection, but as one scholar stated that, it says that when religion gets being old, gets, you know, gets out of sight, when it becomes uncool to follow Christ, then, then many of Nicodemonites are born out of shame. We cover up and we hide. That's another sermon. I'm not going not to go there. But he arrives to where Jesus is. And a conversation is had. And it's not a conversation that starts off in any fashion where, you know, someone, the other person is trying to get to know the other, you know. There's no building rapport. There's no, hello, sir, thank you for uh, meeting me at this late hour. Jesus knows why Nicodemus is, Nicodemus is there, and he gets straight to the point. You know, the, the, the conversation is not about politics or the inner workings of the church. It's not about who has the right to preach or be heard. It's not about money, land, or taxes, or sexuality. It's not about race. It's not about the world coming to an end. Sorry, you doomsday Christians, if we have any of those in the building. It's not about how hard times are and how people are afraid. It's a conversation about transformation. It's a conversation about a rebirth, a spiritual rebirth that the people of God must encounter in order to live into the fullness of who God needs us to be. It's a conversation about the unseen things. Rabbi, I know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the miraculous signs like this unless God was with him. So this morning in the Lenten season, as we confront, or we are, as we are confronted with the question, as was Nicodemus, how can we be born anew? How can we be born again? What is this born from above all about? What, what does it do? What does it do? How can it help? What is the purpose? And in reading this, we must first realize and we must approach this scripture and, and be honest with ourselves and say that we are just like 
Nicodemus. We have a place or we have a place in the story. And in the storyline, we can assume what is true about Nicodemus and his life is oftentimes true about our own. We too long for a conversation with Christ. We too long for what's the purpose of all this, to know what is our purpose, what's it all about, and we just don't get it sometimes. So we ask the same question. So let's look closer at the interactions. If you have your Bible, whatever um, version that you have, if you could just follow along with me. Rabbi, I know that you are a teacher who has come from God. First off, we can say right here that Nicodemus did not understand who it is he was talking to. I'm reading this and it's clear that Nicodemus do not understand the magnitude of who really Jesus is. One commentator said that how uncomfortable it must have been to be around Jesus. He has been approached as a spiritual master and he responds as one. He has been recognized as a teacher who has come from God and he responds by speaking of the kingdom of God. Nicodemus may think that he's talking to a rabbi, but he is, in fact, Jesus is the king of Israel. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you better know who you're talking to. Know who you're talking to. So as we walk along this journey of Lent, looking for a spiritual rebirth by way of reflection and forward thinking, then we too must recognize who Jesus is and what the possibilities are in integrating our lives fully with Christ. Jesus is not our Santa Claus. Jesus is not a fortune teller. Jesus is not a lottery ticket or a slot machine. Not even the Easter Bunny. <laughs> Jesus is the way forward. Jesus is our way forward to connecting not only with God and our purpose through the Spirit, but with Christ through a, a, a number of ways through love. Even with those who don't think like we think. Nicodemus doesn't understand who it is he's talking to. But... First point, write this in your mind. But he did come with the desire to learn. Yeah. He who was a teacher came to be taught. I came not knowing the magnitude and the prominence of who it was he was sitting in front of, but nonetheless he was open to being taught. Teacher, teach me. Ah, Jesus said, I, I tell you the truth. Unless a person be born from above, or born anew, or born again, he or she or they cannot see the kingdom of God. A rebirth is what Jesus is talking about. A spiritual, soul-changing, life-altering, mind-bending, made a new rebirth. That is what Jesus is talking about. But in order for this to happen, we have to be like Nicodemus. We have to first have the desire to be taught. The desire to learn a new way forward. Without desire, without willingness to interact with Christ differently, there cannot be any spiritual rebirth. 
We have to want to be taught. And it's not enough just to admire Christ. It's not enough to be intrigued by the stories, to be impressed by the miracles, to be inspired by the songs. We have to want to do this thing. Desire your meaning, we have to long for it. We have to crave for it. Your spirit has to yearn for it. A deeper connection with God. I tell you the truth, unless a person be born again or born from above or born anew, he, she, or they cannot see the kingdom of God. So then Nicodemus asked the question, as many of us would have, <laughs> what do you mean born again? You mean I have to somehow shrink myself? Go back into my mother's womb for a second time and physically be born again to get to this purpose and this salvation and this rebirth that you're talking about? I have to go back to being a child again in order to see the kingdom of God? This is an honest question. If you're looking at things from a worldly viewpoint, a physical lens, then this question has some kind of reference, although it is impossible. What do you mean we have to be born again? So Jesus answers, and if, if there was like a, a hip-hop Bible with street lingo, you know, it says, I tell you the solemn truth. That's real. I feel like Jesus saying, man, please. Honey, child, please. What you talking about? Unless a person be born of water and spirit, they cannot enter the kingdom of God. What is born of flesh is flesh. What is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I say this to you. You must all be born from above. The wind blows wherever it will. You hear it, you hear the sounds it makes, but you do not know where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Teacher, teach. What is it that Nicodemus didn't understand? He didn't understand as oftentimes as we do. What Jesus is saying that the soul of a person must be remolded and remodeled. The natural person must become the spiritual person before the person is capable of receiving and understanding what this rebirth thing is all about, what the kingdom is about. Your natural person must become a spiritual person. Your natural thinking must become spiritual thinking. Your natural walk has become a spiritual walk with God. Believing in the spirit. Faith. Ah. <laughs> Paul knew something about this. Everyone, turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 2 and 14. Let's try to connect this thing. I know Paul must have read this and heard about this story, and then we'll jump back in. 1 Corinthians 2 and 14. See how, this, how the Bible connects. It says, but the natural person, 1 Corinthians 2 and 14, but the natural person 
receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish unto them. Neither can they know them because they are spiritually discerned. The natural person receives not the things of the Spirit of God, but they are foolish unto them. Neither can they know them because they are spiritually discerned. See, to live through the spirit opens up an understanding of happenings and movements in this life beyond what the eye can see, beyond what the mind can understand. With the spiritual rebirth, your interactions become different. You're guided by the spirit. How you approach people and situations become different. Your mind gets molded to match the spirit within the seat of possibilities and connections. And that changes your physical life. Ah. Jesus then asked a question or says a statement. How is it that you don't understand what I'm saying? A person of your caliber, of your status, shouldn't be amazed or surprised by what I'm saying. You believe in a lot of things that you don't really know about. That you really don't understand. For example, the wind. You don't know how it blows, who blows it, where it's coming from, or where it's going. But you believe that there is wind. So don't think too hard on this, Nicodemus. Don't try to rationalize what I'm saying by way of your physical thinking. Connect to the spirit and understand what I'm saying. Now, we too often, we educated folks. I'm going to bounce like that because you know smart folks bounce they talk. <laughs> Us educated folks, scholars and distinguished people, with all our degrees and know-how, with YouTube and Alexa, we want to rationalize everything. We want to use what we see and what we can verbally explain about life in our narrow scope to try to understand spiritual things. Now that way of thinking does have, does have place. Don't, don't hear pastor say that, be smart, read books. It does have its place and there's a certain level of wisdom that comes with that. But what Christ is saying here that on your journey in this Lent season, there are some things that you just won't understand. That you can't control, but nonetheless, there is something behind the wind and there is something behind you in your journey. I know it's hard to understand. But if you look at what I'm saying from a spiritual lens, then you will see what it is I'm saying and understand it. That's what Jesus is saying. Yes, we know, you know, what, what it is you're, you're talking about from time to time, but some things just go over my head because I'm thinking about it with my head. This is a spiritual thing. Everybody loves 316. For this is the way God loves the world. He gave his only son 
so that everyone that believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Everybody loves that. I love that. Sounds great. But for this, we're not going to focus on that verse. I want you to skip all the way down to verse 21. Verse 21, John 3, verse 21. I know we like 316, but for our purpose this morning, we're going to look at verse 21. It says, and your version may read different, but the one who practices or the one who is a doer of the truth comes to the light so that it may be plainly evident that their deeds have been done in God so that it may be seen as deeds from God. On this journey, in our spiritual rebirth during this Lenten season, this is the result. As we embark on this spiritual rebirth as people of God, we start to work in the truth. We start telling lies to ourselves. Daniel said this morning, we, we be honest with each other. This is what I'm really struggling with. You know? Yeah, you, we, we may not understand who Jesus is in, in, in his entirety, but we do come to it with the desire to learn. And with the desire to learn, once we get that part done and we start molding ourselves into this spiritual rebirth, then we start living in our truth. And you start walking in the light. And in that light, that is when you become your true self. Work in the truth is done for the glory of God. It is not a self-serving. It's not self-seeking. It's not about looking impressive to anyone. You're seeking God's truth. And in seeking God's truth through your spiritual rebirth, now you're walking in your own truth. And for that, when you get to that point, you have no shame. You no longer walk through the streets trying to hide so that no one sees you. You are bold about your relationship with Christ. You no longer hide who you are. You wear your scars with your head up. When you walk in the truth, you come to your light, and in that light is where God wants all of us to live. This is our spiritual walk to our spiritual rebirth, to know who Christ is. And even if we ain't got it all figured out yet, still come with the desire to learn about it to be taught by God's beloved word. And then we live in the truth. We work in the truth. We love each other in the truth. And that park ave will allow us to come into the light, to be our authentic selves with no shame and unapologetic. May God bless you in this season. May God keep you in this season. May God's face shine upon you in this season. 
May God protect you in this season and this season you walk in your truth. May all God's people say amen. Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m.-ish. We are at 486 Park Ave in Southeast Atlanta, across the street from Grant Park, at the corner of Park Ave and Sydney Street. To find out more about us or get in touch, visit our website at parkavebaptist.com. Now go into a world that is too often unjust. Knowing that the God that created you loves you. And empowers you to love boldly, live inclusively. And serve creatively. Creatively.